Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about taking losses. But first of all, I thought I'd give you my usual weekly update. So this week I've um, significantly increased the amount of running I've done, which actually felt really good. Um, So I've run four times in the last week, so I did at least... Um, five kilometers, four days a week, which was really positive. Um, and I had one lot slightly longer run, which was just over five miles. So that was really good. However, it was on the day that we had that massive downpour. So I got absolutely soaked and snow was even wetter by the time we got back. It took me about 10 minutes to dry it off, dry her off. Um, but she absolutely loved it nonetheless. She was always, uh, uh, pulling on the lead. Normally she tires, tires out quite, uh, towards the end of a run. Uh, but this time she was uh, kind of uh, full of energy and, and loving life. So, um, so yeah, it was really good. Um, trying to get um, into my running a little bit more again, trying to sustain the running, uh, in, increase the amount of training runs that I'm doing to start getting ready. I've got a um, half marathon in a couple of weeks' time again. So um, we're getting up there, just building up the stamina. And what I want to do this time after the half marathon is keep on with the running. So instead of stopping for a few weeks, I just want to um, go back to um, straight away. I'll have a few days off probably and then um, go back to running four days a week um, to maintain that momentum through to the end of the year because I've got my first full marathon in January, as I've mentioned before. So I'm trying to um, keep that consistent. So that was uh, uh, most of my week this week, been a fairly busy week. Um, But let's get into today's topic, which is all about taking losses. So um, this topic um, came to me. I was talking to a friend of mine um, who was having some uh, problems at work and um, he was kind of explaining how his team had let him down. And um, it, it was a really interesting conversation because um, he, he came up with a number of people who were responsible for um, uh, something that had gone wrong. So um, somebody had caused several people had caused problems by not doing what they would do uh, was supposed to be doing or um, just not operating effectively. Um and, you know, it's interesting, you know, I said, you know, I actually said to him, you know, you, you're actually blaming everybody around you. You know, where does the accountability stop? Do you do you have any accountability for that? And he said, well, no, because it was their job. That's my team's job. So um, I kind of delegate the tasks and they all know uh, which tasks they should be performing. And um, so it was their fault that they didn't do it. And I said, well, when the team wins, so when you have a massive success, um, do, do you take some of the credit for doing that? And he was like, yes, yeah, of course I do. And most managers do. Um, and I said, well, in that case, shouldn't you also take responsibility and the accountability of the losses as well? So if you're willing to share in the wins, aren't, shouldn't you be willing to share in the losses as well? Because not only is it around kind of that team spirit and helping each other to succeed and, and working together, you know, all that good team team building, team working stuff. It's also about that personal accountability. So if you've got a team, you've got to be responsible for that team. That's your job as team leader or uh, manager, whatever, whatever your title is. Um, even in your own personal business, if you outsource stuff and things go wrong, you still have a level of accountability for that. So say you um, outsource some social media posts to somebody on Fiverr or People Per Hour or, or whatever um, outsource platform that you use, and they don't quite deliver what you're after. So they actually, uh, maybe they deliver a load of wrong stuff, or maybe they don't deliver on time, whatever it may be, you're not happy with that service. So you've got to take a level of 
accountability. So yeah, so although you've paid for them and you expect a certain service, maybe you haven't quite made it clear that that's um, the results you expect. So you've not made it really clear what results you're expecting in what time frame to what quality. You've got to make that really clear. And if it happens time and time again, you're the one that's 100% responsible for that because you're still letting it happen. So by taking ownership and accountability, uh, you know, somebody, uh, you might outsource something and they don't quite get it right the first time. That's understandable because it's their first time working with you. So they're not familiar with you. They're not familiar with the way you're working. They're not familiar with the way you operate. They're not familiar with your products. They're not uh, familiar with your expectations. But after that first time, they should start getting to know you and you should start getting to know them. And that's what's really important. So each time somebody works with you, if you've outsourced it, the output should get better and better and better each time because they're getting to know you more. They get to know your expectations. They know how you operate. If it's not, and it's just staying the same, you know, if it was rubbish the first time and it stays rubbish, then you're responsible for going out and finding somebody else to be able to deliver that product for you. So if you've outsourced your social media stuff, then you're responsible to go out and find somebody else to deliver that social media element to, to the required standard for you. That's your ownership as uh, uh, your um, responsibility. As a business owner, you are accountable for that. And I think it's really important because I think sometimes you know, in hum- it's human nature. Um, sorry, I'm a bit sniffly today. I've got a bit of a cold coming on as well. I think it was uh, all running in the rain I've done this week. Got a little bit of a cold coming on. So apologies for that. But I think it's really important that um, we talk about this and understand this because, you know, I got into a little bit of a debate with my friend about it. And, he- and you know, he said, well, that's their job. And yes, it is their job to do that. But it's your job to make sure that they do their job as your as their manager. And it's exactly the same for you in your business, whether that's your property business or otherwise, whether you've got other businesses or whether it uh, is a property business, whatever you're um, expecting, you have a level of accountability and a level of ownership of that business. So, for example... If a solicitor you use hasn't provided you with the speedy, efficient service that you would provide, or you think they're overcharging you for things, if you keep using that same solicitor over and over again, then you've not taken any ownership. You're just putting that blame solely on that individual when actually you've got to take the ownership of your of your own business. And it might be a difficult conversation to have to say, you know, um, look, the work you're doing isn't quite coming up to standard. We need to see improvements. But you've got to have that conversation um, for you and your business because otherwise nothing's going to improve and you don't want to have bad experiences all the time. So in that example, it's not too bad because... The only person being affected is yourself. You know, you might have a a delay to a property going through. At worst, it might cost you the deal. So you might have to find another deal and go for that. And you might be quite frustrated because that, you know, it's a lot of of wasted time and hours gone into that potentially. But you've not kind of impacted anybody else. Now, if you've got any other kind of business, but you're outsourcing stuff, maybe your customers are getting a bad service as a result of that, um, of those mistakes. If you've got a property manager, so you employ somebody to actually manage your properties for you in terms of going around, fixing, changing light bulbs, fixing little things, just being a general handyman kind of role, making sure everything's up to, to scratch, all that kind of stuff. You've got that property manager. Now, if they're not doing their job properly, your tenants could potentially be having a worse experience than they could get with one of your competitors or one of the other local uh, landlords. So 
isn't it in your best interest to take ownership of that problem and make sure that that's all squared away and that that person is doing their job well and responsibly? Um, I think it all ties in together. And to go back to what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, um, if your team, if you share in your team's successes, it's only fair that you take ownership of those responsibilities, as uh, those losses as well. Um, I think sometimes we get caught up, like I said earlier, it's, it's human nature to try and blame somebody else and kind of make it somebody else's problem to fix. But as a business owner, you need to take that ownership and that accountability and look after your own business. There shouldn't be anybody out there that's looking after your business more than you are. There's, and so let me say that again, because I think it's really important. There shouldn't be anybody out there looking out for your business more than you are. And I think that goes for, you know, all employees. If you if you've got employees, if you've got um outsource people contractors that you outsource stuff to those folks should not be looking after your business more than you are looking after your business sure they should be doing a good job but it's not their role to take ownership for the entire business they they've got their stuff to do they've got their roles that's what they're taking ownership of but you as the business owner ceo whatever it is you have that final uh, accountability and I think it sometimes it's easy to forget that like I say especially when we're celebrating the team's successes but not their losses. Now the other effect of doing this apart from kind of the general success of your business the other um, advantage of taking that accountability and that ownership is you're going to build a more solid team because if you're not out to get other people or you don't appear to be out to, well, you never want to appear to get be out to get other people because if you are, people people just aren't going to work with you. But you don't, you never want to look like you're out to get other people. You don't want people thinking you're out to get them. You want to create that kind of partnership environment. So instead of um, a transactional relationship with your employees or your contractors, you kind of very much want to be in that partnership mode. You're good, that way you're going to get the best out of them. They're going to get the best out of working for you. Everything's going to be working a lot more smoothly if you're all on the same page. You know, and when things go wrong, sometimes it's a genuine and honest mistake. Um, and by kind of placing the blame on somebody and per- almost persecuting somebody for those mistakes, that's not going to create a healthy environment to work in. You know, most people just want to feel supported. So whenever um, somebody in your team makes a mistake, you really don't want to be putting the blame back on them. You really want to be focused on, right, so how do we fix this problem? And if you if you shift that focus from who are we blaming for this to it doesn't really matter, let's just look on going forwards and, and fixing whatever it is that's gone wrong, you know, that, that gives the people who work for you that feeling of, oh, there's a mutual respect, there's a mutual understanding, there's a mutual accountability here. You know, I'm not going to be shouted at if I, I do stuff wrong. And that's also going to breed an environment for um, innovation and, and doing things differently. Um, I think it's important that the people who work for you have that that ability and that they feel that they have that ability to be able to change things up and innovate where they want to. Now, 
that doesn't mean they should be going off and doing all kinds of crazy stuff without you knowing about it, but they shouldn't be afraid or scared to um, suggest new ways of doing things, especially if they've identified um, more efficient ways of doing things, um, more cost-effective ways of doing things, um, what ways of doing things that's going to provide added value to your customer. All these things, they should be able to feel as if they can come to you and say, oh, I've just had an idea for so-and-so. Or, you know, even better, that they feel that that they're actually empowered enough within your business to implement whatever idea it has. And, you know, nine times out of ten, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, those ideas will pay off for you and your business and will create a more efficient service. But, you know, quite often as a business owner, you can forget those positive things that individuals have done when one of them goes wrong. Because um, we all tend to have that momentary, oh, this has gone wrong, let's focus on this. And you lose sight of those other dozens and dozens of other positive things that that individual has done, which again, like I say, can create an environment that's not too too healthy, not too happy. It's not going to create uh, the, the environment you want in your business. You know, I, I personally, if I'm working with anybody, I really want them to feel as if they, they're empowered to do their own job. But if something goes wrong, you want them to, I want them to feel supported and um, that we're going to just fix the problem and not worry about pointing the finger and, and playing the blame game. Um, like I say, a lot of corporations... Um, and even smaller businesses as well, maybe more so smaller businesses, because if something goes wrong, there's um, uh, more at stake, so to speak. You know, if something, if somebody goes does something wrong in a large multinational corporation, the impact of that might be a lot smaller than if somebody in a two or three man business or a ten man business does something wrong. You know, it has the potential to put a small business under. But you really don't want people kind of. You do want them thinking about it, and you want them to have enough ownership and responsibility to realize that actually if the business sinks so does so does their job so they should be invested in the company and uh, you know uh, emotionally invested in that company to make it a success you want them to understand that but you want them to feel um, like I say that they've got that, that they're empowered that they're, they're really empowered to make those decisions and try and make things better and I think when a problem does arise, we really need to assume kind of noble intent. You know, no, very few people anyway are, are really um, out to try and make your life difficult or try and make your business fail. There are very, very few people out there who just don't care. Most people are acting in the best intentions. They really want to try and help. They really want to try and make things better. They really want to try and improve the situation. Um, they really want to try and um, put their best into a job they want to come into work do their best uh, and then um, hopefully they can succeed in uh, achieving their job objectives or whatever they may be depending on what type of business you've got so most people really want to do do that come in add value um, it's, it's important to remember that because I think, like I say, it's easy sometimes to forget that. And in the moment, in the heat of the moment, when there's a problem, um, we can we can start pointing the blame. And you know, this company that you've worked so hard on is now in at risk or is in jeopardy because of uh, a mistake somebody else has made, uh, which is a really bad place to be in. But like I say, instead of kind of panicking and focusing on that issue, let's focus instead. Shift that focus onto how do we fix that. Uh, and put our effort into fixing it. Now, what's important is once the problem's been rectified, once the problem's been fixed, uh, let a couple of days pass by so that uh, we're all out of the the woods, so to speak, everything's settled down again, and then maybe look back and do a retrospective in terms of what actually happened, what caused us to do that problem. You know, you can sit down with that employee or that contractor and say, 
you know, what was it that made you think that, that was a good idea? What led to that decision? How did we get there? And not do it in an accusatory way, but doing it in a way like, we need to learn about this and make sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, you know, is there something we can put in place to help you make those decisions? Were, were they making too big a decision? Was was the risk involved far too big? So, you know, I need to kind of um, put some risk limits on decision making for people. Um, I always think that's a kind of a negative idea because you're kind of limiting what people are able to do. But sometimes it can be a good thing, especially for new companies or smaller companies that have uh, more of that risk, um, in, you know, in the startup phase. I think that um, it, it can work there. So maybe you need to put some limits on it. You know, you, you maybe you can say, OK, um, you can make decisions that are going to cost the business up to um, 25K, for example, £25,000 or £50,000, whatever that limit may be, £5,000 even if you have a slightly smaller business. Uh, but anything, any bigger um, costs need to be signed off by yourself as the owner or, or maybe a, a trusted partner. Um, so maybe you can put some um, limits in place to, to prevent that happening again. And that goes back to um, last week's uh, episode where we were talking about put your limits in place and stick to those limits. And once you've identified those limits so if, if you do identify a problem being caused because an employee's um, put too much risk into it I mean, like you say maybe you can say right um, right you have um, sign off ability up to £25,000 anything above that needs you as the CEO to sign it off um, or maybe it's something different. So maybe in terms of property, maybe if you're investing in one area, so you're invent, investing, your portfolio is in central Manchester um, and your employee had started taking a couple of properties outside of your gold mine area. So they started working outside of the central Manchester area. So maybe you can put a, a geographical limit on it so um, they can only invest or um, deploy funds in a certain area. Um, anything outside of that area needs to come through you again as the owner to, to sign that off and get that approval maybe that's how you can prevent those those losses in the future um, but like I say those retrospectives are going to be quite important um, to, to stop those mistakes happening again but by doing the retrospective by well first of all by fixing the problem uh, and then by holding the retrospective you're showing that actually the outcome is more important than the problem was and pointing the finger and that's the kind of mindset that you kind of want to filter down through your employees and the people who work with you. Um, so that's all I wanted to talk to uh, talk about today. Hopefully that's helped you. Um, so just in summary, if you're working with a team, I think it's really important and it's a really key factor of any team leader in any industry to not only share in the team's wins, but also in the team's losses, more so in fact, in the team's losses, um, because um, you as team leader or business owner have overall accountability for the outcomes of your team's. Um, I think it's really important to focus your energy instead of on the problem in itself and assigning blame. Um, it's f worth shifting that focus onto resolving that problem. Once you've then resolved that problem, it's about holding a retrospective, uh, a look back on what had happened and how you can go about not having that problem again and what can you put in place to make sure that that problem doesn't happen again. And then once you've put those uh, fixes in place it's then sticking to those fixes and kind of monitoring whoever it was or whatever team it is in to make sure that they're sticking to your fix and that that problem doesn't happen again so 
Thank you very much for listening. If you've, as always, if you've got any questions, feel free to head over to the Property Entrepreneur Podcast Facebook page um, and drop us a message, and we will respond as quickly as we can. Whether it's any, whether it's a question about something we've discussed today on the podcast, or whether it's a question. Um, or whether it's some of your own um, experience in what we've been talking about as well, that would be really positive. Um, if you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes and leaving a review, I would very much appreciate that. And I shall see you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you.